Show me the science with Professor Luke O'Neill. Hello there, Luke O'Neill here. And yet again, you're very, very welcome to my show, Me, the Science Podcast. And uh, now this one... Um, are you sick of winter, say? Are you, would you like to hibernate? Now, this is the science of human hibernation. Would it be possible for humans to hibernate? Now, you may wonder, why would you want to hibernate other than to escape the nightmare of a pandemic? Well, it's all about astronauts. And you may have seen these uh, sort of science fiction movies where people are put into suspended animation. I saw one recently, actually, which was, which was really interesting, uh, where they wake up this woman and causes consternation but but the notion of putting humans into hibernation for space travel has been a bit of a science fiction thing for a long time uh, but now we're now looking at a mission to Mars remember and NASA and the European Space Agency have both said they want to get humans to Mars now that would be a two year journey so obviously if you could put someone into hibernation for those two years or at least something resembling hibernation It'd be more convenient because the humans wouldn't get bored. Uh, it could be much cheaper because you've got a lot, a lot less need for food and support systems. They've done a calculation that if you could put humans into a hibernated state, the spacecraft size could decrease by a third because you don't need quite so much space for humans to move around in and so on. So, so in other words, there's all kinds of benefits for space travel if this could be cracked. And the European Space Agency, as we speak, are doing a big research project into the prospect of putting humans into hibernation. Now, it is still a bit of a science fiction thing, to be honest, and they're, they're not quite there yet, obviously, but they've made some recent progress, which is what I'm going to tell you about when I came across this update on what they're trying to do. It's, it's obviously costing the European Space Agency lots of money to invest in this research. It could have uh, spin-offs, though. Like, for example, we kind of put humans into a semi-hibernated state when we're doing a surgery on them. And if a long procedure is needed, uh, a surgical procedure, they'll kind of create, not quite hibernation, but a semi-torpor state, they call it, uh, with anaesthetics and various things. And they can keep people under quite a long time for this long process. So if that gets optimised, it could get safer in all kinds of ways. It may be useful for putting people under for things like long-term surgery, for instance. Or you never know, if you wanted to hibernate for the winter yourself, it could be also possible, I guess. But but the immediate application does seem to be space travel. Now, um, going to Mars, as I say, would take two years. Uh, it's, it, it'll be expensive uh, to feed humans for those that two-year journey there. And back, you need 30 kilograms of food per astronaut per week. And that's a lot. I mean, you've got to pack that food on board, obviously, and use it, uh, use it to, to feed the astronauts. Uh, there's also huge mental and physical challenges, a two-year journey stuck in a bloody spaceship. I can't imagine being stuck with Owen in a spaceship for two years. Um, we could play our podcast. Could we? That'd be good. Um, you could probably go mad. But in other words, if you, if you just hibernate, there's less fear of, of mental meltdown, you might say. And then the body might be sort of kept in a state that makes it fitter. Because obviously we know from the International Space Station, that being in space for protracted periods can, can weaken your muscles. It can affect bones in various ways. What if you could treat that or maintain bone health and muscle health during this hibernation phase? So that's, what, that's, that's the benefit of this in many ways, is to allow safe transit to Mars. Now, um, the state, as I say, is called torpor. They use that word for animals. And of course, I'm going to come on to animals who hibernate because the scientists are saying well how do they do it you know bears for example I'm going to talk about so they go into this state of torpor and these have been studied a lot so, so we know what's happening in a bear's body as it hibernates first of all the metabolic rate and what that means is that's the rate at which your body is burning and metabolizing fats and proteins and carbohydrates and all the rest so the burn rate if you will drops by 25% 
in uh, in these hibernating animals. So we're trying to get the metabolic rate of humans then down a bit. That'd be very useful, wouldn't it? Uh, and then the bears go into this torpor state. Some bears go into this state for six months. Obviously, it evolved in the winter. When there was less food around and it was very cold, the bear would go into a cave or whatever and go into this hibernating state. And they would survive this cold in the food and water scarcity. The other great animals they study are reptiles and frogs. They're very good at hibernating. And there's loads of examples of frog species that can hibernate for months and months on end and reptiles as well. Of course, they, they aren't like humans. They're not mammals, are they? So they probably aren't the best model organism to look like uh, to look at. But I've got a great model organism coming up, actually, which um, the European Space Agency is using as a kind of way to understand hibernation. I'll come back to. But the bear has been kind of a mainstay of some of these uh, some of these earlier studies. Uh, brown and black bears they retreat into their dens uh, sometimes for six months, and amazingly, when they study these bears, they don't lose much muscle mass. And you would think they're not using their muscles. Because they're lying in their, their den. But they've got some way to maintain muscle mass is the first thing. And then when they wake up in the spring, and we've all seen those wonderful Disney movies, haven't we, in Yellowstone Park as the, as the bear emerges, as the water drips from a twig as the ice melts. Uh, it takes them 20 days to get back fully to normal. And they've studied that recovery phase as well in these bears. So in other words, they are a bit sluggish for about 20 days, but then they're back to normal. And it's all natural. Obviously, they, it's, they evolved to do this. And one thing they've noticed in these hibernating mammals like bears is uh, testosterone levels fall hugely just before they go into hibernation. And now why is that? Well, low testosterone may be one reason why some of the metabolism is changing. Because testosterone is a steroid. Steroids can affect metabolism in various ways. So if you turn down the testosterone, uh, you can ramp down metabolism a bit. uh, And maybe that's one secret. Now, what would that mean in humans? Well, the ESA have said, the European Space Agency, maybe women are the ones then to hibernate. Because they've they've lower testosterone anyway. Maybe women are more amenable then to hibernation. And maybe if this turns out to continue, that it'll be women only going to Mars. Because it's more feasible for them to go into a hibernation state. Uh, The second option, of course, is... To, to limit testosterone in men and indeed in women as well because there may be a lower threshold you've got to reach anyway and there's ways to antagonise testosterone that they're trying to explore at the moment before a human would go into this hibernation state but there's our first little bit of trickery if you will to somehow lower testosterone the other thing is um, they've noticed is the bears like around 10 degrees centigrade in their den are lower and they also like high humidity and those conditions seem to be facilitate the bear's metabolism changing in various ways, they think. So we'll need these pods, as we use the word pod in these science fiction movies, where the temperature will be less than 10, a little bit cold, and then secondly, a, a level of humidity would be needed as well, and that might create the right environment for the body to survive in. Uh, now, of course, the other thing they've, they've realised is if, if we're all in these pods flying to Mars in our rocket or whatever it is, artificial intelligence will fly the ship Uh, they're also investing in AI technologies to keep an eye on everybody in these pods and make sure the pod hasn't shut off and the person dies say whatever it is and the AI will also be used then to fly the ship all the way to Mars and that's another important feature the AI might measure heart rate it might measure your metabolic rate and make sure a certain level it might measure body temperature and clearly you can't have a low body temperature we've got to maintain a reasonably high one maybe 35 degrees instead of 37 maybe 34 we get away with uh, as well the, the bear maintains its body temperature at a reasonable level uh, it's just the metabolism changes the other thing uh, that they realised in bears is they put on a lot more fat uh, before they hibernate 
So, and they're obviously burning that fat through the winter. So, good news there. Before you go to Mars, you'll stuff your face. Isn't that great? With all kinds of things and put on fat. However, uh, it's not the saturated fat, so I'll come back to that in a minute with this model organism I'm going to mention. Uh, it's a special kind of fat that the, the bear lays down. I'll come back to that so, so in truth you can't really stuff your face full of saturated fats like that we all love uh, certain type of fats only um, and, and that seems to be something to, to watch very carefully so from the bear lower the testosterone get the body into this pod less than 10 degrees high humidity uh, put on loads of fat and those are several things that might work now however the breakthrough has come by studying lemurs now lemurs are very like us they're primates bears aren't primate obviously and it turns out certain primates hibernate now there's the, they're the perfect model organism to study aren't they because they're so like us in so many ways and they've studied these hibernating lemurs and they've some made some very interesting discoveries and the most interesting for me is a lemur when it goes into hibernation it makes things called microRNAs. now there is a mouthful for you what are microRNAs? MicroRNAs are the controllers of gene expression in your body. So if you have a gene that's making something, the gene gets activated, a protein gets made, the microRNAs can target that process. They're a bit like an off switch, I suppose. And loads of microRNAs have been discovered. My lab, in fact, worked on some of them in the immune system 10 years ago. We found one called MER21, MER for short. MER21 turns out to suppress inflammation, for example, turns down some of the inflammatory genes and turns on the anti-inflammatory ones. So there's a lot of history of microRNAs, and it turns out the lemur, when it's hibernating, has some very interesting microRNAs. And what these microRNAs do is, number one, they stop the muscles wasting away. So in other words, you're making in your body, or the lemur is, a special switch, if you will, to stop the muscle being wasted away. So you're turning off the muscle metabolizing processes and you're maintaining muscle mass through a microRNA. Now, isn't that incredible? And you can see immediately where that's going to go. So before you climb into your pod, I'm going to inject you with these microRNAs to make sure that your muscle is protected as you hibernate. Uh, these microRNAs, they seem to stop cells dying in the muscle. So cell death is a big feature of muscle wasting. So there's our first little, little sort of thing that we're going to do based on the lemurs. The second thing is there's microRNAs that switch fuel use in the body. So these microRNAs tell the body, stop burning sugar, only burn fat. Now, again, remember, we've laid down fat before we go into hibernation. In the lemur, these microRNAs go up and they make sure the body can burn that fat at a slow rate and maintain your your, uh, your metabolism in that way over, over the course of the hibernation phase. So again, you can see now, if we were to have some slow-release microRNAs maybe, or get our bodies to make these microRNAs, we can regulate fat use in that way and mimic what's happening when, when the lemur goes into hibernation. We don't make very high levels of these microRNAs, remember. The lemur evolved to hibernate through making these microRNAs. So we're mimicking evolution in action and making us a species that can hibernate now using the, by adding these microRNAs in is the way to think of it. Now, um, there's, so, so the use of microRNAs is going to be a key part of this as well, we feel. The last thing that they've discovered is, and this is in the lemur, it's also in the bear, and it's in the Arctic ground squirrel, another famous hibernating creature. In fact, Arctic ground squirrels have been worked on a lot. Their bodies can go well below zero, and they can survive that. Their brains always stay slightly above zero, because otherwise the brain's going to get damaged. Uh, ice formation in the brain isn't a good thing. You get brain freeze. Thanks, Owen, for laughing there. If you freeze a 
Arctic ground squirrel's brain. So you've got to keep the brain above zero, but the Arctic ground squirrel's an incredible creature. And what they noticed was with the Arctic ground squirrel, they lay down a particular type of fat. It's called brown adipose tissue, or BAT. Now, BAT is a very healthy type of fat. You can burn it over time in a kind of safe way, if you like. So the more BAT you can get into your body, the better. The Arctic ground squirrel and the lemur has lots of bat, so does the bear. And what they noticed is, in in the Arctic ground squirrel, if you use omega-3 fats, so the unsaturated fatty acid that you see in fish oil, that will allow the formation of this brown adipose tissue. So there we have our next ingredient that you should feed. And as I said earlier, uh, the, the, the bears will put on lots of fat. They're, if they're putting on fats based on, on um, unsaturated fats that they would get from fish, and bears, of course, gorge often on salmon, say, if you've seen these, these uh, footage of bears, they're taking in loads of omega-3 fats in their diet, and that's the basis for the fat in their bodies then. So if we eat lots of omega-3 fats, we'll be like a bear. We lay down the right type of fat, and then we've got our microRNAs to help control its metabolism, and hey, presto hibernation. Now, it does seem a little bit far-fetched, but, but you can see where this research is going. They're putting all these parts together now and wondering, can we induce this in a human? So it's going to be very complicated, obviously. And of course, it has to be safe, doesn't it? But if bears can do it, if lemurs can do it, and lemurs are primates, we should be able to do it. So, here's the protocol. If you want to go to Mars, and if all this comes to pass, and all this research pans out, I will take you into the laboratory. I will block your testosterone. I'll uh, put in slow-release microRNAs in, the ones that can regulate fat metabolism and muscle wasting and all the rest to make sure your muscle and your fat is all normal. I'll feed you gallons of omega-3 fatty acids. You'll put on loads of weight, bang, into your pod, drop the temperature below 10, put up a high humidity, and you can have a long slumber. Now, the question is, how long will you be able to stay in that hibernated state? Even if it's for a few months, it will be beneficial on these trips, remember. They are aiming to get near the two years as possible. And then the AI system will wake you up just as you come towards Mars. So if you fancy all this, sign up. I wouldn't sign up for the moment. It all seems a bit experimental. But certainly the European Space Agency has taken this very, very seriously as a way to induce hibernation in humans in space travel. And who knows, this could be useful as well in other contexts where people have to go under for say surgery or whatever it might be there could be all kinds of applications where we can induce this state in humans as well Uh, there's some evidence that might help the body heal for instance say after a traffic accident you might put someone into this state and now their bodies can heal more quickly maybe that's a bit speculative but that's a possibility here as well so there could be uses beyond as ever with the space race and and all the stuff we got from the Apollo missions Uh, the European Space Agency there could be spin outs here that would come in other contexts if they can crack the way to get humans to hibernate so there you have it the science of human hibernation so there's my topic this week thanks very much for listening and my podcast is available for download every Thursday and it's a News Talk production and cheerio (laughs) 